People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hello, Brothers Talk family around the world, and welcome once again, wherever you're listening in and holding your critical thinking conversations to promote activism and uplift people everywhere. We always appreciate you, and we welcome all of our first-time listeners for tuning in to help with the work of encouraging and educating while we endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals that can empower and enrich the Black community. Your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, because we care, is that the late summer wave moderate increase in COVID cases that the CDC noted continues across the country, and many people may actually be mistaking it for a summer cold. They say the symptoms don't seem to be as severe, but these are new variants that are, again, more infectious than the previous strains. I continue to hear from friends across the country who've contracted the virus, and part of the problem is that immunity has lowered because vaccinations and booster shots have slowed down, and new boosters for these XBB variants won't be available until September. So if you haven't gotten your vaccination, please do so. And remember, you should still wear a mask in crowds as the best protection because they also prevent infections and transmission of the flu, RSV2, and even the common cold. Summer's almost over, but people are still traveling for weddings, reunions, and vacations. And that just makes them more susceptible to coming across the virus. And finally, use plenty of disinfectants to kill all these viruses, which is a good thing to do, period. Come on, people, we can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noam. Thanks, Rod. And we've been we've been consistently talking about the, bar, the virus ever since we started the show, and, and particularly the last couple of years where people have been saying they're through with the virus. And now... What we've been saying is coming to fruition. I have close relatives who are currently suffering from the virus, and it may not be as deadly as 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 as, as the other vi- other variants were, but they're extremely sick. And part of it is because of the fact that the you know the vaccine is wearing off. So do your due diligence. Get the vaccine. Wear your mask. Protect your loved ones. And also protect yourself, Norm. Thanks, Scott. I just want to take my time today to discuss the political arena that we're looking that we're currently in and, and headed towards the next election. There's an interview online with Cornell West on the show with uh, Stephen A. Smith, and they're discussing the Congressional Black Caucus and what they were established for and what they're actually working towards. They weren't established to actually represent Black America. They were established by the Democratic Party to basically manage Black America and our votes, which they have done masterfully since they've done absolutely nothing for us. But this is an interesting interview, and I would like all our listeners to actually watch it on YouTube. Please remember 
the CDC was established to manage us, not actually represent us. So we have noted for several weeks now that there's been a hesitance in the media, a hesitance in Congress, a hesitance amongst too many political leaders to actually come out and call racism what it is. And so since they are failing to do their jobs, we decided it's time for the racist roll call because the actions that we're seeing out there can't be described any other way other than racism and who commits racism, racist. So we start with like Ron DeSantis, watching him in Florida try to get away with firing a wholly and duly elected qualified state's attorney and replacing him with a handkerchief head because she wouldn't follow along and do his bidding, but that's not her job. She's responsible to the people. But why doesn't someone come out and look at his entire history of what he's been doing with the CRT courses, with the AP Black History courses, with the whole notion of rewriting the history of African-Americans in Florida? And that is nothing more than blatant racism. You know, uh, Rod, you're exactly right. Here's a guy who who really, if he wasn't white, well, I'm not even sure he's white. Wouldn't and if he wasn't preaching all this racism, because they found the new the new formula here. If you want to, if you want to raise money, you know, if you want to possibly get elected to uh, any office, whether it's a statewide office or a national office. All you have to do is attack black people, just apply anything black, all about woke. He's attacking wokeism because that's a term that black people use. He's attacking anything positive about black people. It doesn't have to be positive. His whole campaign is built around, look, I'm going after black people. That's what Donald Trump did. He went after black people, and they say black and brown people, but mainly he's going, Ron DeSantis is going after black people. And people aren't calling it out, and it's so blatant. When you take a look at what he just did, I don't, I can't recall the uh, the female's name, the black female, who was duly elected, and he suspended her. I don't know how you're, you're a governor, and you can suspend an elected DA. But the fact that he did it, and it's always something pertaining to black people, like the whole thing that he's pushing on slavery, that there were some benefits for black people in slavery. I mean, how insulting can that be to black people to say that it was there were some good things that came out of slavery for black people? It's just blatantly racist, but yet nobody's calling them a racist yet. Well, I'm going to choose our former president, Donald Trump, from his long history of, of literally uh, denying African-Americans uh, apartments in, in his um, buildings uh, to his settled lawsuit to the Central Park jogger case, right up until his talking about the attorney general of uh, Georgia and the lies he's spreading regarding her sexuality and her, her issues, what have you. We've allowed Trump to skate, and unfortunately, we have a lot of black faces who will surround Trump and give him a haven uh, to other racists and other what have you white people. But he's a racist. We need to just put that out there, and and 
let that label stick around for a minute. And Scott, not to correct you, but he fired Monique Worrell, the state attorney. Right. Right, so right, right, he suspended right. uh, Andrew Warren last year, but yeah, he fired right. her. And so, but the thing that we're also noticing is one of the other points that you made, which is that when you hear the term anti-woke, what you're really hearing is racism. Because at the end of the day, woke is a term that came from the black community that simply meant that our eyes are open and we are not going to sleep on injustice and all the other types of voter suppression and any other acts that are violating our civil rights. So what else would it be other than racism when you come out and say you're anti-woke? You're saying you're against the things that stand up for making us feel more equal in this racist society. And so we have to, again, point out when those folks, and that includes some Democrats, because James Carville was out there talking about, we need to get rid of all this woke crap. Well, guess what, Carville? That makes you racist too. This whole, what's going on in, in, in this country now in terms of politics, it's all, when they keep talking about, oh, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, Republicans, they're bringing up culture issues. And and, and it, basically when they're saying they're bringing up culture issues, they're talking about they're attacking black people. Because everything they don't—they're not attack, attacking any other group, and I'm wondering what these other group of people are thinking. The other minorities—they gotta see that there's a reason that they're attacking white people because they're not afraid of anybody else. They're not concerned about any other racial groups. But uh, now, every time you turn around, nobody's asking Republicans. Nobody—they're they're not asking any policy questions of DeSantis, of Trump. Trump can't articulate a policy uh, a policy on anything. He never gets asked one. He's never got, I, I can't recall any interview, even when he was in an office, when somebody asked him a policy question and he can answer it. So people just stop asking him policy questions. He gets a pass. They, let, they just let him get up there and spew all this hateful, racist vitriol and that's the same thing that Ron DeSantis is doing. If you want to call banning books, if you want to call pulling black authors, basically the book, most of the books that he's pulling from the schools are about black authors. So when you when you got a situation like that, when he's pulling books off of libraries in Texas, Abbott closed all the libraries. They're closing all the public libraries in Texas and turning them into this detention centers. Now, who do you think going to be put in those detention centers? That should be an uproar and outcry about that, but it's not. They, they're, they're moving forward with it. And you, uh, the thing that's, that's, that's disheartening to me, you got all of these people who supposed to be, especially on the Democratic side, who's supposed to be so intelligent, so elitist, but you got grown people who are afraid to tell the truth. You got grown people, when you take, Let's take Mike Pence. He's trying to recast himself as some some type of hero because he didn't do what Donald Trump asked him to do. Well, you tried. You know, instead of saying, no, I'm not doing that. That's not right. You went and got the advice of several people. Hey, can I do this? That means you wanted to do it. And all of these people who, who uh, allowed Rudy Giuliani to attack those two, that the black woman, 
the poll workers in Atlanta, the mother and her daughter. And now he came out and said that he was lying. And there really aren't any consequences other than, well, they're suing him. And that seemed to be the only consequence that you have when you get a chance to sue somebody after he's basically destroyed these black women's lives. I'm going to select Marjorie Taylor Greene for her white supremacist dog whistle attack on an African-American congressman who she was in a verbal confrontation with. When they got back to the media, when it got back to Washington, she literally played the victim white woman who was afraid of this big black man who she was openly going at it with. That's the same ideology that killed Emmett Till. And we are still living with that today in this society. White women are still protecting white supremacy and racism. And she is the face, a face of it in our government. That has to be called out for what it is. Then on top of that, she wants to add an amendment to make importing fentanyl from the southern border literally a case for the death penalty. And her sheer stupidity, she wants to spend, literally blame people of color for the deaths of Americans taking this drug, even though the vast majority of the drugs coming through U.S. ports and not the southern border. But they want to put that on people of color. That has to be called out. Let's call it out. So you have a long list that's growing every day, whether it's Lauren Boebert or Greg Abbott governor of Texas or Louis Gohmert or Jim Jordan or Fox Noise and so many others. But I also want to target the Supreme Court and these state's attorneys generals, because when they attack and undermine affirmative action and diversity, equity, and inclusion, those were specific efforts aimed at equalizing the playing field for African-Americans in particular. Now, granted, they were more taken advantage of by others because of how weak they made the definitions of what are minorities. But even things like the Small Business Administration set-aside program being now shelved and taking that 10% requirement away is racist. And so when we look at the Roberts Court, we should call it racist in these 12-plus States with attorney generals who are going after corporations who have diversity, equity, inclusion, access, and belonging programs. That's racism. And so we have to make the statement so that they will understand that we're not going to sit still and let you do this because, see, without any opposition, then they just become much more bold to take on the next step. And as You said earlier about the Congressional Black Caucus norm. Instead of being the watchdogs, they are the lapdogs because they are feckless and doing nothing. You have a few of them who will stand up and say something and take on Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Jim Jordan, but they ought to be united in that fight. And because they're not united in that fight, I'm actually suspicious as to whether or not They're just there to be like a show pony, those singular ones who actually step up and say something, because it's like there's a new flavor of the week. And they step up and say something. They get a lot of YouTube and Instagram or TikTok videos out there of them taking a stand. But where does that get us? It's all it is, is like a camera moment. And then they go right back to the process that is 
suppressing our votes, the process that is discriminating against us, the process that is geared to move us back in time rather than advance us forward, because we are not getting to the next level when it comes to looking at what our rights are supposed to be. We're actually going in reverse. You're exactly right. So when I look at this, and I'm going to go back, you, you and Noam both mentioned the Congressional Black Caucus. What purpose do they serve right now? If they can't stand up for basic facts, if they can't come up, you come out unified when black people are constantly being being attacked, black culture is constantly being attacked, black history is under attack, black authors are under attack. What do we need a congressional black caucus? What what purpose do they serve right now? Other than to it appears to me, and I could be wrong, I don't know, but I don't see nothing else that they're doing other than collecting money, collecting a paycheck, you know, have their PACs fundraising to get reelected, probably helping their their relatives or close friends. I just don't, I, I don't get it. What are they doing? Who can black people turn to, to be a spokesperson for black America to, to stand up and say, hey, no, we're, we're not taking this crap. Do we have to get one of those folks, one of those guys, the chair guy or whatever they call him down there in that fight in Alabama? that was hitting people upside the head with the chair? Do we have to get a guy like that? Do we have to get one? Because they seen the show say, wait, we've had enough of this. And, and we've all had enough of it. But it continues because our supposedly selected leaders aren't doing anything or saying anything about it. Well, well Scott, I just want to touch on the CBC once again. They weren't created to represent Black America. Yeah. They were created to manage Black America and our votes, literally. Yeah. So... You know, and as I mentioned, Cornel West explains this really, you know, thoroughly um, on an interview with Stephen A. Smith. And literally, as I mentioned on another show, right now, the CBC is doing absolutely nothing, but they're raised $10 million to form a PAC to actually guarantee votes, the Black vote, for the Democratic Party. So literally, they've done nothing for us and even raised $10 million not to actually go at any of our issues and any of our political goals, but $10 million to deliver our votes to the same corporate entity, which we know as the Democratic Party. So there you have it. That's the beginning of the racist roll call. And I'm sure many of you out there can add to this list. And we need to make sure that it gets publicized and that it gets heard loud and clear because that's the only kind of opposition that will make these people who are so blatant in their racism take a step back. And in our Black Business Spotlight of the Week, meet Lisa K. Farrell, a visionary CEO and trailblazer in the mortgage industry who's revolutionizing home ownership for entrepreneurs through her groundbreaking approach. With unwavering determination, she's empowering aspiring entrepreneurs and business owners to break free from traditional financial constraints, enabling them to own homes without the burden of tax returns. For many self-employed individuals and entrepreneurs, the dream of home ownership often seems unattainable due to stringent requirements. Recognizing this challenge, Lisa K. Farrell embarked on a mission to level the playing field by providing entrepreneurs with multiple alternative solutions to achieve their dream of home ownership. 
Her innovative strategies and extensive expertise in finance and real estate have led the company to prioritize this unique solution. Through her company, Lisa Home Mortgage, she offers entrepreneurs a personalized pathway to home ownership, eliminating the need for conventional tax return documentation. Options are also available for qualified entrepreneurs who are less than two years in business or entrepreneurs who want to purchase property in their business name. Check her out at Lisa Home Mortgage. And we just want to give a quick shout out to a young brother who has started his own podcast. It's called Words of Will. And this is a young brother who recently graduated from Delaware State. And as he's getting ready to make his mark in the world, he's sharing his information out there. So look for Words of Will wherever you get your fine podcast. That's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and follow and communicate with us by sending your comments, as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. And until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. Finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.